The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. is good everybody happy friday to you welcome to the look ahead part of the sb nation nfl show i am rob stats guerrera he is rj ochoa good day rj how are you Arriba. i am splendid stats football is back your favorite player in the universe is back and aaron Rodgers. life is good life is sweet a week from today there will be a football game in the rearview mirror the Pro Football Hall of Fame game, kind of not a game, but still a game nonetheless. <laughs> uh, very exciting times coming our way. Football season is here. How dare, don't put the cart before the horse, RJ. Let's just assume, we can't just assume that game is going to get played. Remember, it did get canceled at one point. So let, let's not, you know, put our chickens in one basket, so to speak. Well, we're going to get some awesome speeches. I mean, I, we've been look. it's been two years since we've had a Hall of Fame ceremony. So very excited. I know there's a limit on them, uh, but good times are coming. Good times are here. It's football season. There's a lot of sports going on. It's a lot to handle, uh, really. And so, like, if you're a sports fan that likes things besides the NFL, maybe your mind's racing a little bit. But none of those other sports ultimately matter because the NFL is back. Well, here's something that does matter. SB Nation, and more specifically, the SB Nation NFL show, has up for a People's Choice Podcast Award. And we obviously would very much like to win that award. And to do that, we need your help. So if you could, a little bit of a favor for you. Go to podcastawards.com. There is a big blue button in the middle of the page. It says nominations, voting now open. Click here to vote. Please click there. You have to create an account, and when you do, you can now vote on the podcast. There's plenty of categories, sports and otherwise, that you want to win. Scroll down to the bottom. On the right-hand side, there's a sports category, and please select the SB Nation NFL show, and be sure to save your nominations when you do. We really, really appreciate it. We put in a ton of work. Obviously, we think we deliver as good or better a product when it comes to football than anybody out there. So we really need your help because, uh, let's be honest, we like awards and we want to win. That's right. We are the anti-EA when it comes to effort uh, <laughs> when it, and, and product uh, pride. And so please, 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 I know that we ask you for 
ratings and reviews and subscriptions. Um, and I believe I speak for everybody at the SB Nation NFL show. I was speaking a lot for BLG uh, on the NFC's mixtape this week, which you can listen to at Blogging the Boys and Blade of Green Nation. But it is so much fun. We have the best jobs in the world, and we love when you interact with us. Uh, I am continually amazed that anybody besides my wife and parents even listen to this thing uh, or anything I'm a part of. And so we've already won because we have the best listeners in the world. But if they wanted to give us a piece of hardware to go along with that, we would not be upset about that. Yes. And God knows if we win this award, I'm certainly going to take all the credit because that's just how I roll. I'll have an award made. If we don't actually get an awards, I will have one made. It will be in the background of my shot. You will see it whenever we go live and do our live streaming. Uh, that's just, you know, the kind of guy I am. Yeah. When you put it that way, basically everybody go vote so we can all add another bullet point to our resumes really is what we're asking for. Yeah. Like that, that's on the <laughs> business card for sure. Rob Guerrera, podcaster, People's Choice Award winner. Aaron Rodgers hater. Well, kind of. Yeah, we'll get to that. So the subject of today's show, we're going to do three things because it's training camp time. And there's like you said, RJ, there's a ton of news and stories floating on out there. And, you know, it can be hard to figure out what's fact, what's fiction, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at one training camp story we each believe, one training camp story we're not buying at all, and one training camp story that we're both kind of just indifferent about. As we uh, run through the gamut of today's show, you have you have kept all of your selections hidden from me. You wouldn't even tell me before we press record who you have picked. You didn't want to know who I have picked. So I'm going to give you the floor. What is the training camp story that you are 100% buying into? So I kind of played this game building off of, of quotes or moments or particular ideas not these like grand philosophies so just again to be specific because i've already forgot you want the thing that i most believe uh, uh, or the, the thing i have conviction in do you listen at all when i talk no ever honestly okay. uh, yes to, to the be... story you are buying into uh okay so on thursday uh, uh this is this is kind of your classic training camp trope you do get the like best shape of my life sort of lines and quotes or whatever this is right up there Buffalo Bills wide receiver. I think a lot of people forgot that that was even the proper descriptor here. Emmanuel Sanders was talking about his quarterback, Josh Allen, on Thursday. And he said, Josh made a throw today that I haven't seen. A post ball to Cole Beasley, who Stats actually gave a shout out to on the podcast this week. That was crazy. My mouth dropped and I've been in the league 12 years. So what happened, Stats? All of Bills Mafia. We love you, BM. Takes off. Oh my gosh, Josh Allen, so great. I, R. Joe Joe, have been singing the praises of Josh Allen. And so you're probably thinking, like, here he goes again. RJ's gonna tell me how much he <laughs> believes in Josh Allen. Here's here's this is a bit of a twist. I 100 percent believe Emmanuel Sanders, but not because I'm super high on Josh Allen, even though I am, because I mean, it's been a long time since he's played with a like a competent quarterback. And I think that that's kind of lost. I believe it was Ed Werder uh, quoted this this quote and uh, tweeted out like, and that's because he's played with Drew Brees and Peyton Manning. Yeah, he played with washed Drew Brees and washed <laughs> Peyton Manning. I mean, so and in between those two things, he played with Jimmy Garoppolo. So, I mean. I, I kind of believe, you know, Randall Cobb's quote about like uh, basically being the Andy Dufresne of free agent wide receivers, even though he wasn't on the open market, got a lot of like pop. I think that Emmanuel Sanders in more ways than Randall Cobb has come out on the other side and now be partnered with an elite quarterback. 
It's yeah, it's a combination of two different things. One, Josh Allen is freakishly good and has one of the best arms we've seen in years in the league. And two, yeah, you're right. It's not exactly like Emmanuel Sanders has been playing with, you know, the elite of the elite in terms of arm strength and throwing the football. So even though it's a like, I understand what you're saying. It's sort of like, okay, let's calm down to training camp. But at the same time, that's all he knows, so to speak. Yeah, if you think about Emmanuel Sanders' career, because part of the like emphasis that he added on was like, and I've been in the league 12 years. Okay, that's fine, Emmanuel. I'm with you. His rookie year, 2010, Pittsburgh Steelers lose the Super Bowl. No big deal to Mike McCarthy. Just want to remind everybody that Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl winning head coach, so you will pay him the respect he deserves. But he was in Pittsburgh after that for three more seasons, 11, 12, 13, which was kind of the like b- before the boom. That happened. The 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 triple B. Remember the killer bees. Big Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. Like Emmanuel kind of got out before the the Pittsburgh offense really started to flourish. Not that Ben was bad any or anything, but he wasn't operating at that same elite space. He gets he moves over to Denver in free agency in 2014. Peyton's still kind of okay in 2014, the first season after the Super Bowl loss to the Seahawks. 2015, Peyton Manning. One of the worst Super Bowl winning quarterbacks of all time in terms of individual skill and assets. That's okay. We can all admit it. Uh, A game that took place in one of the most beautiful stadiums in the NFL stats. Shout out to your San Francisco 49ers. Uh, But (laughs) and then people forget Emmanuel Sanders was there for, you know, Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch and. Brock Osweiler when he came back. I mean, he dealt with some sludge. And then he ultimately gets over to San Francisco in the middle of the 2019 season, gets traded. One of the few players that at the time had ever played 17 games in a regular season. Um, And so, you know, nice, uh, you know, thing there for him, whatever. But Jimmy Garoppolo, while he was efficient, was not that great. And after that, he goes to New Orleans last year and it's just terrible. I mean, so that that is an important piece of context to me. I believe what he I believe that he believes it, but I don't believe <laughs> that he believes it for the like reason that like Josh Allen is on God mode. Right. Like if Allen Robinson said the same thing and said, like, I've been in the league for seven years and I've never seen that throw. Yeah, because your quarterbacks have had Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky. Like it's yes, it's probably a really good throw, but you gotta, you know, realize the context there. So I I totally I did see that quote. And I didn't make that connection right away. So that's a good job by you to apply some critical thinking there. Um, And by the way, I think Emmanuel Sanders is a fantastic pickup for the Buffalo Bills. I think he's going to be great. I think he's a really good wide receiver. I know he really helped the 49ers, especially helping out a lot of the younger uh, receivers. They still work out with him in the offseason sometimes. And uh, hopefully he gets the quarterback he deserves. Good for you, Emmanuel Sanders. I but I totally believe that there's this like culture shock of like, wow, this is what a quarterback looks like. So uh, congrats to Emmanuel. Congrats to Josh Allen. Uh, congrats to everyone involved. Stats, what is the training camp storyline that you are completely sold on? Okay, so I'm like, it is amazing how much we're on the same page with this one because <laughs> uh, mine is kind of the same deal. And so mine is the storyline that Baker and OBJ are improving their chemistry this year mm. that they're going to be better this year. And here's the thing. They absolutely are, RJ, because they would have to be. Since the trade was made and OBJ went to Cleveland, Beckham and Baker have the worst completion rate of any quarterback wide receiver duo <laughs> in the league. So as long as they are not the worst in 2021, they will have improved their chemistry. 
Uh, and I know that's kind of like a cheap way of looking at it, but I just wanted to use that as a springboard because I think that Baker and Beckham are two guys that are basically been punished for having a personality. We have these sort of like unwritten rules in the NFL and Baker and Odell do not follow them and it gets people mad, right? Don't be too confident when you talk in front of the media. Don't complain about not getting the ball, right? You can't do that either. Don't do commercials before you have attained some level of success that I don't even know what the actual rule is because it seems to be a sliding scale depending on who it is. But but those guys don't follow those rules. They do their own thing. They do what they want, and we hate them for it. And I think it's it's they've both been treated unfairly, and I hope I'm rooting for them this year. I want to see them do better because I like both of those guys. So I, first of all, I love the, uh, the like lineage of thought here. And I'm, I, we, it's funny. You're right. That we both kind of took the same path to, to getting to the thing we're most sold on. And I think that that maybe is indicative of like, it's hard to be completely sold on an idea right now. Like one of these like superficial storylines that are floating around camps. But, um, I 100% agree with everything you just said as it relates to Baker, um, because Baker's still really early on in his NFL career. I mean, he's got four less years in the NFL than Odell does at this point. I think that I like the jury's still out on Baker. Like six of the jury members are back on Odell. You know what I mean? Like they're they're trickling in, and so I I do think that we maybe elevate Odell a little bit more. Like he's still somebody who is I think coasting a little bit on name. Um, just kind of generally his, his offensive grades by PFF last year did bounce back. I mean, obviously really small sample size. So, you know, only, he only had 23 receptions last year. Uh, but I mean, in 2019, his first season in Cleveland was his lowest offensive grade ever, uh, as far as PFF is concerned. And so I just, I, I think that I, like, I don't know that I think like, Oh, he's broken. He's not the same player. He's just had a weird career. Like, I mean, you talk about Emmanuel Sanders not having great quarterbacks to play with over the last, like, you know, recent run of things. Like, I don't know. Like, you could make an argument that Odell's never had one, right? Like, it was never Eli, and Baker's never been elite. Um, he's just been pretty good. And so I I just – I I I can kind of buy the the Odell isn't as valuable to the offense take that, that exists out there. Uh, but in terms of that connection, I'm with you. Because it's been so bad, because there is that disconnect generally, I certainly believe that it is on the track towards, you know, not being terrible at him. I agree that Odell is definitely coasting a little bit. Like his first three years in the league, he had over 4,100 yards and 35 touchdowns. That is insane. Now, since then, he's never gotten to 1,100 yards and his highest touchdown total has been six in any one season. So it has not been as good. I just think that, like you mentioned his first year in Cleveland, right? Mm -hmm. How was Baker's first year there with Freddie Kitchens? Like Freddie Kitchens was a disaster. He never should have gotten that job. He was way over his skis. He had never even been a coordinator until he became the coordinator late in the year in 2018. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. Don't forget, Baker's first year, he, he broke the rookie record for touchdown passes in a season. He was looking great. Everybody loved Baker Mayfield. He was the number one pick. He was the Heisman Trophy winner. We all loved him, right? And then the expectations for the Browns went sky high through the roof after that. Freddie Kitchens took over. He was a disaster. The Browns underachieved, and we crushed Baker for it. We killed him.
Now he comes back with a competent head coach and Kevin Stefanski and he looks pretty damn good again. Like maybe it was just Freddie Kitchens didn't know what the hell he was doing. It's very possible. And I mean, that benefit of the doubt certainly exists for almost everybody that's been associated with Cleveland and their franchise for the last, I don't know, since their return to the NFL, you could certainly make an argument, but I just, I'm, I'm less, I, I we've seen a lot more of Odell and, and it's in, we've, and we've seen Odell, you know, I don't say struggle, but we've seen Odell. We've seen that regression happen in another in another organization, on another team, with another quarterback, with another head coach, with another offensive coordinator. And so I'm I'm just you know I'm I'm a little bit more sold on the idea that that he might not be closer to his elite form than Baker might be. I think Baker's still ascending. I think I don't know that I think Odell's still ascending at this point in his career. He's only 28, you know, like he's entering his physical prime right now. So it's not like, you know, he's 32, 33 years old. I think he was learning a new system last year with Kevin Stefanski. Baker started slowly. He started slowly. Admittedly, he was not playing, you know, he was like you mentioned, what do you have? 23 catches in seven games. That was not, Mm -hmm. you know, up to his standard or the standard that he had set. He very well could have taken off in the same way that Baker Mayfield did in the second half of 2020. We don't know that Odell wouldn't have done that also. I want to play a really quick game. Five receivers. Would you rather have this player or Odell Beckham Jr. for this season? Like, for, forget contracts, whatever. Terry McLaurin. Odell. I disagree. Kenny Galladay. Odell. That one's a push for me. Tyler Lockett. Odell. I take Tyler Lockett. Allen Robinson. Odell. Oh, dude. No, I'm taking Allen Robinson. And um, Jamar Chase. Odell Beck, are you serious? I mean, I just want, I wanted, I had to get a rookie in there, like just for the purposes of <laughs> mixing it up. So, I mean, I had to, you know, but that, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying like Keenan Allen. Odell, I think Odell's a top receiver in the like top three receiver in the league. I oh, really no, do. Dude, no way. Mm-mm. I think mm-hmm. we're sleeping on how good this dude is. I really do. Okay. So that you're really, really, really sold. Well, congratulations. Yeah. A to thousand Odell, percent. I guess, not to you. I, I'm so pulling for him. Like if people treat Odell Beckham Jr. Like he's this huge jerk getting into all this trouble off the field. Like he's a terrible person. Why? Because he fought a kicking net on the sideline. Because I don't think like, he's a terrible person or I don't, I don't think he's like a distraction or anything like that. Like, believe gets, me, like that's how he gets yeah, treated by the I, media. I agree that he does. I don't personally think those things. I just think he's not as great of a receiver as he once was. That's that's like the end of my take on him. You're right. Like, and I think Odell has has grown a lot from those days, right? And like some of it was just like the New Yorkness of it all. I think like going to Cleveland has been really good for him. Playing with Jarvis has been really good for him. Playing with Baker has been really good for him. I just I think he's just at a point in his career where he's not the same player. And that's what that that's happened. That's time. But why? I mean, he's this is the ACL. That's a major injury. Yeah. yeah, like he's he's just regressed, you know, but like some of that regression is the fact that like the peak was insane. You know what I mean? Like it's it's impossible to sustain that. And so like he reminds me of Jordan Spieth in that sense. I know you don't follow golf that much, but Jordan Spieth won three majors super early. And then, you know, he's had this dry spell and he just recently won this year, actually, for the first time in almost four years. Um, and people were like the, the whole drought, it was like, what's wrong with Jordan Spieth? And he used to tell people even at his peak, he was like, look, I'm incredibly young. Like what, what's happening is not normal. You know, <laughs> I, I I'm going like, I'm going to hit a wall 
and and invariably people are going to say like, oh, you've you've you know you've lost it, whatever. And like, so I'm not saying that he's lost it or anything. I think he's just your average, really good wide receiver. I, like, I'm not at all saying he's you know he's he's definitely a, a top. I think he's like at the fit between 15 and 17 if I ranked wide receivers across the NFL. Oh, man. I think you're way too low. I cannot wait to draft Odell Beckham Jr. in all of my leagues because I'm going to I hope steal all him. your friends are listening so that everybody knows your strategy. All two of them are. And yes, they probably are. And if you guys are, go vote for the Espionation NFL show, by the way. There you Here's go. That's Actually, one of them I know for a fact already did because he tweeted me about it. So thank you very much. Uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll do the stories we're not buying into. And the, we'll finish up with the stories that we are indifferent about. And here's a little spoiler. One of those is Aaron Rodgers for me. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show, going through the training camp storylines that we are not buying into, RJ. I just went with mine before we went to break. So you're up. What is the training camp story that you are not believing? So it feels like sometimes there's one person that feels the same about things as I do. There's only one. His name is Rob Damn Guerrera. Not Rob Stats Guerrera. <laughs> when he's in those moods, he's Rob Damn Guerrera. Um, and you know, we were we were slacking stats during Aaron Rodgers' press conference this week when he returned to Green Bay. And I mean, the national consensus is wow, this is the most open and you know transparent Aaron Rodgers has been. And I agree with that. And I do agree that it was really refreshing to hear a player you know, be stern in his convictions. I did enjoy that. Uh, but And I actually will applaud Aaron Rodgers because he has such a power over the world, seemingly, to manipulate the narrative. Like, it, it just, it completely turned from, like, this is a disaster. Like, what is Aaron doing? Like, he's stuck to, like, wow, this dude is amazing. And that's not necessarily what I'm not buying. And I talked about this, you know, with BLG on Monday, Football Monday, but, like, I'm not buying this whole concession idea. Um, you know, it, it it doesn't make a single bit of sense to me. And, you know, Ian Rappaport had a tweet on Thursday where he said, you know, the terms to the rework deal have finally been agreed to. He said the saga is over. What? Like, how? what? How is the saga over? If this was really the saga, this is like this is literally the end of Game of Thrones with Bran becoming king. Like, that's the resolution we've gotten here <laughs> because the all that all that happened is that the 2000 the, all that, that really happened is the 2020 year was voided. Okay, cool. Guess what next year is? It's not 2023. So next year Green uh, the Green Bay Packers still have contractual control over Aaron Rodgers and his career. The other thing that was a, a big report out of this 
was that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is untaggable after 2022. That's such a – I'm going to struggle so much next year saying that. Like, 2022 is such a hard thing to say. Uh, but, okay, cool. So what? That's still a long time away. And the other thing that was reported was that they can't go after his bonus money. And he said a thousand times this wasn't about money. Like, it, why, why would he care then? I mean, look, he should care. It's his money. He's entitled to it. But I just – I, I in no way buy that there were any real concessions. I think the the biggest thing that the Packers had to give Aaron Rodgers was a stage to go moan and groan about them and let him feel like he won. Because what? Okay, cool. They got him Randall Cobb. Awesome. Like that's the other concession. Like the Packers <laughs> are in no way like worse off because of Aaron Rodgers' antics. I am in one hundred percent agreement with you. And I look. I don't do this often because I'm going to be honest. I get a lot of stuff wrong. I nailed this thing from the beginning. (laughs) I said that Aaron Rodgers was not going to be gone, that Aaron Rodgers was going to come back into camp. He was going to report. And what was he going to say? He was going to blame the media for blowing the whole thing out of proportion. Let me read you a direct quote from Aaron Rodgers during that press conference. Quote, the media loves to make stories when there's not enough content out there even though the entire rest of his 37-minute press conference confirmed every single thing that the media had been reporting about the situation this entire time. This is who Aaron Rodgers is. I totally agree with you. He wanted to get up there and complain, and that's really the only thing the Packers allowed him to do. They didn't give up any control over his future in 2022. They gave up none. Rodgers himself even said, It's not his understanding that he can pick his team after this season. So the Packers still have all this control. We could literally be in the exact same position next year, RJ. None of this is over. None of this did anything for Aaron Rodgers except, like you said, get the year 2023 torn up. And all it has done to me is ensure that the Green Bay Packers are not winning the Super Bowl this year you can't win a super bowl when your best player your most important players got one foot out the door so i i mean i i do admire that aaron Rodgers loves football so much that he's coming back he wants to play i i believe that i totally believe that you know him saying there's a fire that burns like he could put it however he wants i do believe that um but I said this on Monday Football Monday, and I know BLG brought it up with you on the podcast. I think he's risking so much, like in in terms of, I don't know if legacy is the right way to put it, but because of of the big stink that he made this offseason, if he doesn't come out and just kick everybody's ass, I mean, it is like, dude, you were you were the one, you know, making a big old deal about this, and like. I, and I love Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb was an awesome cowboy. Like there are so few players that could be part of your team for just one year that you can learn to love. But Randall Cobb is that guy. And what if he's terrible? Right? Like what, what if he is so bad or, or doesn't really contribute to their offense? Is Aaron Rodgers like Aaron Rodgers is over here. And he, I believe he has a, a, a large level of logic or a large point in a lot of what he said. I do believe that, that organizations should run things by their franchise quarterbacks. I do believe that Aaron Rodgers has earned a seat at the table to, just, you know, to help influence how the team is structured. I, I think that you absolutely want to appease the most important player in your building. And so I agree with him in that sense. But 
all of the people that Aaron Rodgers named that the organization spurned in his mind were players who went on to not play very well with teams that did pick them up after they left the Green Bay Packers. It does have a, a LeBron James sort of effect when LeBron kind of first became a pseudo general manager. And, and he was just so bad at evaluating talent around him, whether it was in Cleveland or in L.A. And so, I, I mean, I just think that there's a lot of egg that might end up on Aaron Rodgers' face because he's out here saying, I deserve respect. So, okay, what if Randall Cobb is bad? Are you going to be the one that marches into, you know, Brian Gutekunst's office and says, you know what, you know, BG, I was wrong. I thought Randall had a lot left or something like that, and it just it, – it doesn't work. I mean, it, it, it you know, whatever. Like, is he going to own up to that? No, he's not. You know, it, it's – and, like, and I, I also – I get where Packers fans are coming from. To me, it feels like stats. I know we're like we're really upset about this, but there are a lot of Cowboys fans who will say like, and this used to happen a long a few years ago. I think Tony Romo should be the head coach, you know, because look 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 at, look, look at the way he he predicts plays on television. Like, like people used to say that, and there there's a like a contingency of Cowboys fans that will say, you know, if if I was one of the team, I'd get Tony Romo to be head coach. I'd get Jason Witten to be a tight ends coach. I'd get DeMarcus Ware to be, you know, the linebackers coach. Sean Lee would be a defensive coordinator. And to me, that's kind of how Aaron Rodgers sounded. Like, uh, you know, saying, you know, Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews and Jordy Nelson. And it's it's cool, right? Like the band's getting back together. But not every band, you know, puts together great farewell tours. <laughs> and so this this has the potential to be all – Man, y'all, y'all should have let the records just keep, you know, going double, triple platinum or whatever. Um, I and and if if the Packers, you, I know you said you think they'll make the playoffs and lose out or fizzle out, but like even if they do, even, but what if they don't? Like, what if they're so bad this year? And and that's why I mean, I just don't understand where Aaron's coming from. I mean, because this this stands to really blow up in his face unless an incredibly improbable thing happens, which would be him outperforming last year, not just individually, but getting to a third straight NFC championship game, which is difficult enough in its own right, winning it and then winning the Super Bowl. It's it's just it's an impossible thing to and may, maybe he likes that challenge, but to put in front of yourself. I mean, if he had been as open and honest in other sessions with the media as he was this past week, I feel like we might have avoided this whole situation. He's always trying to manipulate things. He's always acting like he's the smartest guy in the room and nobody can see what he's doing. And we all can see it was blatantly obvious. And that's how I was able to predict exactly how this thing was going to end. And I think they're due for a little bit of regression in Green Bay, regardless of this Rodgers situation. Last year, they faced the seventh easiest pass defense schedule in the year. They faced seven teams in the bottom 10 of past defenses last year. So in the eight games that they played against teams that were in the top 10 against the past, they lost three of them. So they faced a lot of crappy teams against the past, and Aaron Rodgers is still good enough to take advantage of that. Well, this year, 12 of their team of their games are against teams in the top half of past defenses. So in other words, it's going to be a lot harder for Aaron Rodgers this year. Okay, and eight of those games are in the top 10 of past defenses. So he's due for some regression. And this is the year where, you know, he's like he said, pulling the strings like Brian Gutekunst said, the only reason we have Randall Cobb on this team is because of Aaron Rodgers. You know what that is from him, RJ? That's that's accountability. He shifted it all the way off of him. Exactly. When this guy sucks, don't blame (laughs) me. That's what he's saying. You can't win in that scenario. You can't win. And when the Packers face any adversity this year, and it's coming, because if you look at their schedule, it is not easy. 
I think everybody's going in the bag. You think any of those teammates are going to go the extra mile for Aaron Rodgers when he just basically said, all these dudes suck and I want out of here? They got to play San Francisco in week three. Good luck winning that game. The 49ers home opener, fans in Levi's for the first time, Nick Bosa back on the field for the first time. They're wearing the red 94 throwbacks. Plus, the Packers always get their asses handed to them when they play against the 49ers at home uh, on the road. They're not winning that game. Then they got to go Pittsburgh the week after that. They play Washington. They play in Kansas City. They play Seattle. They play the Rams. They play Baltimore in Baltimore. The Packers are not going 13-3 and this year. I think it's going to be a disaster. Well, nobody's going 13 and three this year, but that's well, you know what I mean. Um, I have two last things on this because I know you know Aaron Rodgers has been discussed a lot. The the quote I actually had the biggest problem with, and this as some of this is I you know my wife and I met and and lived in San Antonio for a long time, which is kind of a city that, and I think a lot of people say this about a lot of cities, but like is is kind of a city against the world. Like people love San Antonio, and it's a special place that you kind of grow to love. Um, and I I realized Aaron Rodgers had a point here, but when he said. Green Bay is not a vacation destination. People come here to play with me. And I get what he's saying. He's totally right. Like no free agents going to Green Bay because of the environment or the weather. I get that. But I just thought about, you know, people who have spent their whole lives in Green Bay and people who have, you know, retired in Green Bay. And like it is such a special place in the NFL, like the the, the city of Green Bay. And it's such a special culture in the NFL. Today was, or Thursday was the day that they did the the bike ride that they do at training camp. And so like that just if if I was this this diehard Green Bay Packer fan who, you know, rented my lawn out every Sunday for parking spaces for Packers games. I mean, like that just that wouldn't have sat well with me. Uh, the last thing I wanted to note, just kind of on your point about how you know, 2021 is kind of coming for them. Uh, we, we generally see regression to the mean in the NFL in a lot of areas. We've talked so much about how the Buccaneers lost the least amount of games last year to injury. And Football Outsiders does a great job tracking their adjusted games loss statistic. Last year, they tracked uh, an overall number of games lost with COVID. But if they if you look at it without COVID, which they did, the Green Bay Packers lost the 10th fewest amount of games to injury, not factoring in COVID last year. That will likely regress to the mean a little bit. And, and you just... You, you're, good. You're not going to be as healthy three years in a row. You're, and that's that's why of these top 10 team stats, we always see new teams in the playoffs and people wonder, like, how are so many new teams in the playoffs every year? It's because people regress to the mean. The top 10 teams in terms of adjusted games lost, not including COVID last year, Tampa Bay, playoff team, Atlanta, not, New Orleans, playoff team, Buffalo, playoff team, the Rams, playoff team, Pittsburgh, playoff team, Miami, very close, Baltimore, playoff team, Kansas City, playoff team, Green Bay, playoff team. There, there is regression of the mean that's coming. 100%. And, you know, that line by Rogers that you pointed out, people are coming to play with me. No, they're not, dude. They're coming because they get drafted to Green Bay and they have no choice. <laughs> the Packers never signed free agents, basically. That's such a great point, actually. So wow. They're not coming to play with you. They're coming because they can't play anywhere else. That is such a great point, Stats. Wow, uh, well done. Yeah, like... The, the team that is notorious for, like having two free agent signings <laughs> over the last like 35 years in Reggie White and Julius Peppers. All, both of them came to play with you, Aaron. You're right. Now, maybe he's right in that he wanted them to go after more guys and be aggressive and actually get people that wanted to come and play with him and they just didn't. I don't know. But I just thought that line was like very just dripping with arrogance from Aaron Rodgers. 
And it's like, all right, dude, like this, you've set it up now. So this is it, right? You love, you love it so much. You love football so much. You're going to come and you're going to come back and good luck. Cause I think you're just setting yourself up for disaster. Uh, it's the last dance stats. I don't know if, I don't know if you heard, but yeah, that doesn't work in football. I, I actually am. I really hate that the world just ruined the the Jordan meme of you know from from the from the documentary the, the I took that personally we've ruined that like we we've we've completely ruined it it's it's okay to not use that meme anymore and now <laughs> we're ruining the name of it and like the spirit of it you know it being the last dance like just just think of some other stuff you know like we're all creative people we can do this also, it's not really the last dance. The Bulls had a legacy of championships and the Packers have a legacy of not winning yeah, the championship. It's like, it's like the, winning the championship would be like the first dance is really what it right. would be. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. I mean, congrats, I guess. Uh, you know, I will say if you look at this dysfunction, I feel like you specifically because you've been hard on him. I think the average person should look at Mike McCarthy and be like, maybe it was not the most fun thing in the world to be around this dude, you know, for a long time. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but like, think about it this way. Think about how aggravated Aaron Rodgers was last year, and he threw 48 touchdowns. <laughs> so That's a like, great point. Even with that level of dysfunction, he's still, I mean, he's incredible on the field. I love watching the guy play, the way he gets people to jump offside. Like, he's awesome on the field, but I cannot stand him off the field. And uh, when he crashes and burns this year, and the Packers don't win the Super Bowl, I'm going to be all for it. Adios. Um, Okay, so that's something you're indifferent about because we had the we had the one we're not believing in common. So hopefully we have some level of difference here. Uh, you go first. Okay, fine. I guess you don't want to do it. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> so I find it interesting that Ron Rivera has noted there's a quarterback competition in Washington. I I just find that to be not totally believable, but kind of believable because all I've heard. All offseason from my friends at the Espionation NFL show is how Ryan Fitzpatrick is clearly very good and obviously somebody who's going to elevate the Washington offense. And this isn't a situation where, you know, like I think it's dumb, but, you know, in Jacksonville where they're going to split the first team reps between Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence because you don't want to crown a rookie too early. Fine, whatever. It's dumb. <laughs> we all we all know Trevor Lawrence is the, the quarterback of this team. But if you want to, you know, be silly, go ahead, Urban. Um, but so this isn't a situation like that. And this is a situation where if you're Washington, like everyone thinks, you know, you can repeat as division champions and you can do it with an above 500 record. So why are you wasting time? Like, why, why are you wasting time with Heineke? Ron Rivera even threw Kyle Allen into the mix. You know, like, I I just, I, I partly believe that it is, like, encouraging competition and, and football in that archaic sense. Like, you don't want to crown a guy, whatever. But I also do kind of believe that they might not be all too enamored with Ryan Fitzpatrick in the sense that they're willing to just completely trust him, which is why I think that their offseason was a failure, that they didn't go out and get somebody to be a firm quarterback for them. But... I, I, this is, I think it's silly that they're going through this song and dance. If it truly is just like for presentation purposes, this doesn't sound like a story you're indifferent about RJ. I think you have strong feelings about oh, this. No, story. I, cause, cause I kind of believe that there's a quarterback competition, but I also kind of believe that it's, it's semantics. It's, it's just, you know, football, it's Ron Rivera, not, you know, going, you know, through trying to be mysterious. Like we don't, we, we want our week one opponent to be preparing for you know, a number of quarterbacks. Like I can believe it's both. That's, that's what, that's how I I'm, I'm kind of one foot in one foot out here. 
I could get on board with that. And I, I agree with you that, you know, you can ding Washington for not doing more in their quarterback search because I actually really like why I think Washington's offense would be a great place for a quarterback to land there. They've got really good pieces. Um, the coach speak is just that's like peak offseason, right? Peak training camp. Hey, you know, everyone's got to compete. Everybody's in the mix. Like Kyle Shanahan does the same thing. You know, everyone's talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. And every once in a while, he'll throw the other quarterbacks like Nate Sudfeld and Josh Rosen in the mix. It's like, what are we what are we doing? There's no chance that those guys are going to be like, you don't have to do that. I hate that. Like, why? I don't like that coach speak. Just get rid of it. So, so that's what I'm saying, like, but I kind of believe that this is not just coach speak. You know what I mean? I, 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 I sort of buy that. I'm, that's why I'm 50-50. I haven't made up my mind yet. I, I think Fitzpatrick would be a little frustrated because the one thing I liked, like, forget Aaron Rodgers being all passive aggressive. The Dolphins took Ryan Fitzpatrick out last year and he was mad about it and he let everybody know. Right. And I like that. That was so funny that that week because the moment that it, you know, all the reports of the Dolphins are going to start to or whatever, all the reports were like, oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be a perfect mentor to him. He's going to like, you know, be the guy. And literally the next day, Ryan Fitzpatrick was like, this sucks. You know, <laughs> like no, nobody, you know, I'm not cool with this. Like it was such a, an incredible moment. And you're right. So that that's the other thing. Like, so given that, I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick would go there if he you know, wasn't under the impression that he was going to be the team's starting quarterback. So how does he feel about this? You know what I mean? Like, is, is, does he think it's just coach speak? It's a, it's a weird situation. The story that I'm glossing over is the Sean Payton is, and Mickey Loomis are really mad at Michael Thomas for not having his ankle surgery sooner. Um, One, I think that's hilarious and I totally get where they're coming from, but here's the thing, Sean and Mickey, it don't matter. Your, your season's going nowhere anyway. As long as you got Jameis and Taysom there, Michael Thomas could have had the surgery two years ago and it wouldn't matter. So there's nothing to really get that upset about. So we clearly took gloss over feeling different about to mean different things, unlike the stories that we were most convicted by. Um, so when you say you're glossing over, like you mean you're just like paying it no mind, like it's it's pointless anyway? Exactly. Mm, okay. I didn't approach it that way. But so <laughs> I here's I could I could apply my approach to this story in the sense of, well, Sean, if you really care that much, why didn't you check? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like if if it really is that important, I mean, you you had OTAs, you know, you you had mini camps, you know, you were this is your star wide receiver. You've seemingly I know Sean Payton's been a busy man got married this offseason and everything but like why didn't anybody check on this you know like that that that's my question so like are did you check did you know are you just getting upset for show I mean like that's that I have a hard time believing this was breaking news to him well that's the weird thing so from everything I've read it's that they always knew that he was going to need another surgery he was supposed to go for a checkup in the spring to see how his ankle was and then to schedule the second surgery. And apparently he never did. And so they didn't, you know, get the surgery scheduled and done until June. And now he's going to be out for half the year. Um, I mean, I can't help but wonder if he's like, wait, Drew's gone. Uh, I, I don't have the same urgency to get that surgery done that I maybe would have if Drew Brees was still there. Is, um, is Michael Thomas, you know, doing a preemptive mood? to get out of new Orleans, like just, you know, because he might realize, you know, I think 
I think if you're a receiver like Michael Thomas, it's fair to say, I don't want to be part of a rebuild. The certain certain guys are fine with that. I, I think it's fair if you don't want to be part of that. If you're Michael Thomas, you're at the point you are in your NFL career. Although Michael Thomas um, didn't exactly have a great season last year. To put it in perspective, Dak Prescott had more receiving touchdowns than Michael Thomas last year. Uh, but <laughs> now, How um, long have you been waiting to drop that one on oh, us? A long time. Uh, <laughs> but um, so... I mean, I get that. And so Michael Thomas might might be viewing this as, you know what? I got to get out of here because, you know, I know Jameis isn't the answer. I know Taysom isn't the answer, but the answer is not going to be here in 2022. Like even if the Saints draft somebody, whatever, unless Aaron Rodgers makes his way down here and that's probably not going to happen. I mean, I, I need to get out of here in 2022. So what do I do to do that? I piss them off. That's what I do. I, I I put a lot of, you know, dysfunction in the mix so that come next offseason, they're like, you know what, Michael Thomas, I want nothing to do with this guy. Let's trade him. Let's get him out of here. We got to move on from Michael Thomas. I think that Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams are both in similar boats and have different circumstances surrounding them this season. And they're both, you know, obviously looking towards their future because they realize that their current spot, their current teams are not sustainable long term. And the Saints have some flexibility to get out of the contract if they choose to go that direction. So that's not a crazy thought by you. I mean, Michael Thomas strikes me as um, because why? I'm not to cut you off. Why would he not have gotten the surgery then? You know what I mean? Like, there's no good reason to explain that. Yeah, I, I mean, stuff like that always drives me nuts. Um, and you know, I don't know how he was feeling, but like, assuming that he could have gotten the surgery and just chose not to, like, dude. You're getting millions of dollars for this. Like, this is your only thing you should be worried about. And to just like the nonchalance with the whole thing. Like, can you imagine what that conversation would have been like? Like, he talks to Sean Payton. He's like, oh, yeah, I can't uh, I can't do training camp, coach. Why not? Oh, I'm just recovering from surgery. Surgery still? Oh, well, no, I didn't have it until like three weeks ago. <laughs> John Payton must have been apoplectic. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't buy that he was because I don't buy that it. I Again, I'm not trying to like, you know, say like conspiracy theory, but I just that that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that nobody within the Saints organization checked on this, you know, un, until last week. You know what I mean? That's impossible. Well, that's even worse then. That's bad juju with the Saints. If if they couldn't convince him to get the surgery at the proper time so that he wouldn't miss half the season, if there was ever any year where you would pull out all the stops to make sure Michael Thomas is on the field, it's the first year without Drew Brees, isn't it? So that's what I'm saying. Like there's, there must, there has to be more to the story, whether the more to the story is they were in, they were constantly begging him to get surgery and he wouldn't, or they just didn't do their due diligence. and didn't check on him. Like, I'm not saying any of these are good, right? <laughs> like they're, they're, they're all bad. Like they all express some level of not performing their job on somebody, whether it's Michael Thomas or somebody in the organization. But I just, I can't believe that at this level of, of, you know, professional football, that he would go that long without getting the surgery that they all were aware that he needed and nobody would check on him. Nobody would do anything. Nobody would speak to his medical professionals or medical advisors or whatever the case may be, because that's just impossible. It's impossible. It's, it might be possible for some lower level player on your roster. It's not possible for Michael Thomas. Maybe there's a reason the saints choke in the playoffs year after year after year. That's all I'm going to say on that. Mm. You got to hate on Aaron Rodgers and the Saints today. Stats, congratulations to you. Life is good right now, my friend. That's <laughs> all I can say. Football is back and life is good. Again, we want to remind you before we go, please 
vote for us for the SB Nation NFL show for the People's Choice Podcast Award. It would really mean a lot to us. Uh, I know how hard everybody works on this. It would mean a great deal. So go, please, to podcastawards.com. Click the big blue button. That'll begin the process. You can vote for the SB Nation NFL show. Uh, also, again, we're asking a lot of favors of you today. Smash that follow button on the SB Nation NFL show. We are going to be ramping up the NFL coverage, RJ. It's going to be full go, all gas, no breaks. Are you prepared? No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> but but you know what would help is a podcast award. You know what I mean? That would properly, you know, this. I feel like I'm in a contract here. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like, you know, we've we've shown the listeners, you know, what we're capable of. You know what I mean? And, you know, we're, we're ready. The ball's in their court. You know what I mean? Like, let's. Yeah, let's see what we can do here. You know, that's all I'm saying. Like it's 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 time it's it's time to see that love all around. What I will say is people don't come here to play with us stats. People come here just to play. <laughs> Our future is a beautiful mystery, RJ. That's all <laughs> I can't even get through it with a with a straight face. I can't do it. It's just too stupid. Oh god, I hope the Packers go like five and twelve this year. Yeah, it'd be hilarious if they did and one of their wins was at San Francisco. Just Yeah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, it's not going to happen. Enjoy your Friday, everybody. Have a good weekend, and we will talk to you next week. All right.